Are you stuck in your chaotic modern world? Living your day-to-day -day life without the power of awareness and self-control? Truly, a joyful and meaningful life cannot be achieved when you are on autopilot. I understand, and we can help you get in control again, and help you experience tangible freedom by guiding you to a live awakened life. This is Jose Reynoso, and you're listening to the Live Awakened Podcast, where we nurture your mind, body, and spirit, helping you evolve and transform to your best version, from your inner being to your outer physical form. Live Awakened Podcast is here to promote and develop happy, productive, and successful humans here in the present moment. May the force be with you. Blessing, dear ones. It brings me joy and wonders to my spirit to know that you're listening to our Live Awakened podcast, where we dream of helping you change your life radically, feeding and nurturing your mind, body, and spirit, helping you wake up every day with profound excitement and inspiration, guiding you to living a life of joy and purpose. Today, we have a wonderful guest who is an artist, visionary, healer, and philosopher. Rita is a ceremony holder, ethical clothes designer, visionaries, ageless wisdom teacher. She has worked around the world holding retreats and courses, supporting people to connect to their innate, pristine, vivid awareness to access the tree of life from within. Rita uses her shamanic skills, knowledge of teachings gained over the last 30 years to support people in making a pilgrimage back to themselves, to put their roots deep in the earth and make strong community connection, to find their peace in the world, their self-worth, their connection to source, She runs online courses, workshops, retreats around the world to support the unfolding of the collective wake up. In her own words, as a mother and grandmother, I don't feel I can stand by and do nothing. I offer my understanding from an esoteric perspective of dealing with addictions to lift and inspire our young people who are suffering and feeling lost to have a clear sense of purpose. Rita, it's with great honor. I welcome you to the Live Awakened podcast. Oh, brother, thank you so much. It's beautiful to be here. Thank you for your work. Um, I got goosebumps reading your bio because I'm like, wow, actually, it's happening. It, it's really yeah. happening. Like, you could read this and be like, this is like some movie, uh, Marvel movie of this superwoman, but I'm sitting across the screen. And <laughs> yeah, and I had the pleasure and honor to meet you in, in Ibiza in, one, in a song circle. Yeah. And, and I was like, this is so beautiful because uh, it was such a deep reminder that around a fire with good music and community, everything is already right. We're not healing. We're already healed. But do we want to already start celebrating and get over the, the years of suffering and darkness? So thank you for joining. Um, and just to begin, um, why don't you share, everybody, why why this why, why do you do all these awesome things i know you said that it's like suffering and feeling but why how does this trigger your own journey to be of service because you're in full service to your family and to that global family yes i am do you know this really is a really good question actually because it it kind of brings us to everything this very question because basically We can be in one of two states of consciousness at any one time, Jose. In esoteric, ageless wisdom philosophy, you would look at every single human as you're either in your alignment with the source of all creation, with the central spiritual sun, 
And from that drinking from the fountain, from the nectar of the opulence of the absolute, you feel so fulfilled that there is nowhere else to go, nothing more to do but to then share that alignment, that inner peace, and then your life becomes a life of absolute selfless service. There is nothing more fulfilling than being there. And and when I say that, I'm not talking about codependency. I'm not talking about a spiritual superiority, which is like where you can go into that place of some Messiah complex of thinking you're the healer, you're the one doing anything. It's a kind of joy that arises from being empty and allowing ourselves to be guided by this unfolding of a divine plan. So therefore, we've got to be in this inner listening. So basically, why do I do this? Because I wake up each day looking to see what can I give rather than what can I take. Because I already feel so complete inwardly and so rich just from being able to connect with the gorgeous beauty, the abundance of what exists around us every day, whether that's the light of how the clouds are in the sky, with anything and everything. There's nothing outside of the beauty, but it depends which uh, lens we're looking through. So I'm grateful, really grateful, having come to this ripened age of 58 years, a grandmother, to be blessed in the grace of something magnificent that's unfolding on this earth that I cannot help but witness in everything I do every day and everywhere I go, I'm seeing an awakening because the blessings of the avatar, if you like, the Buddha, the Christ, this light of consciousness that's penetrating the veil. You talked about it when we talked briefly earlier. There is, we have been asleep. There was this veil. And if I look back in my teenage years, my where I went to, to the bottom of the muddiest pool, the darkest bottom of the riverbed where I felt suffocated by the karma of my own unconsciousness. I was so unconscious. I created negative things in my life. And that's when I began the humility to say, please, God, hold my hand. Take me out of this. So I know suffering. I know it. I know the taste of what has come before. And, and, you know, there is a saying, they say, I think it was Khalil Gibran said, the depth of your sorrow will become the height of your joy. I'm so grateful for those words because I'm an actualization of the truth of that. I've been to the most sorrowful places. I've watched my beloved tantric partner die from a road traffic accident when my daughter was five months old. My oldest son's father died of heroin addiction. My own brother has drug-induced schizophrenia. And I care about the children that have lost their way. You know, there's a lot of suffering on this planet. I, I grew up, actually, Jose, as a, as a girl of colour of a mixed race, you know, mixed race. My father was Hindu, my mother Lebanese. And I was so in grief to see that there was such a thing as apartheid. I was born in 1963. It troubled me that 
a black person couldn't go through the same door as the white person or drink from the same fountain of water as the white person. It troubled me. I thought, oh, my God, how did I incarnate here? You know, so I, I, like all humanity, have definitely come through the path of suffering that helped me to speed my, up my wake up, to call on the creator that's always there to assist us when it is the time for that moment for our wake up process that we have to ask for help. Mm, beautiful. I think there's like so many things I want to touch upon what you just shared. Uh, the first thing I really love how you really like stated that you have this feeling that you're here to support people, but not with a messiah understanding that like I'm here to heal. I have this, I have this is my mission. I have to heal. Like, no, you 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 chose to show up for yourself. And in that showing up for yourself, yes. you're showing up for the world, which is beautiful because I, I in the spiritual world I find so many times people feeling the burden that I'm I'm feeling the pain of the world and I have to heal people. I'm like, whoa, like like whoa, that's that's a lot to take, you know, like just just one breath, your life. And um it came to <laughs> mind really uh how, well all you saw how you said like that you are like supporting people through your own experience, your family. And it came to mind the words of Ram Das that we are all walking each other home, which puts us all on the same yeah. level. It's like no longer, hey, I need to pull the wagon from everyone. Like, no, we all have our skills and we're going to be walking each other home. <sighs> and, and by the way, anybody listening to this, you are all getting home. There's no timing. There's no urgency. Wherever your parents, whoever is suffering, they're going to get home. Everybody has their process. And I didn't know that um, yeah. your background, Lebanese and Hindu also. Um, I, I love uh, Lebanese people and Hindu philosophy. Uh, so <laughs> I, uh, uh, that's why I even am more connected to, to your teachings. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really amazing how a lens of perspective, as you said, it could be like a kaleidoscope. And it all depends how we choose to see that array of possibilities in the quantum mm -hmm. You could perfectly be sitting and telling me that you are under drug abuse, uh, you are under depression, because you have enough reasons to go through all that because you've had very traumatic events. But hearing how you've been able to respond and not react and, and show that mastery of like, I chose to go through that suffering and you're not blaming anybody else, which is one of the big... Absolutely, 100%. I believe Awakened is it's all about like extreme ownership, like... Everything that has happened in your life, either in a conscious or unconscious way, you've chosen. And you've chosen to show up today as this power woman. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I, I would like um, to, uh, because you have like very pivotal moments in your life and the loss of yeah. the, the, the father of your son and, and the, the loss of the father of your elder son also. And now your, and your brother also going through uh, drug abuse. Uh, and I want to touch about uh, drug abuse as a whole, but what's that pivotal mm -hmm. moment in your life that shaped who you are now? The one that was like, like Rita, get like this is you, this is your power. Yeah. Let's get to work in a workless way. What was that aha moment? You know, I did touch upon it because for me. It was when I realized I've really, I have sunk low. I recognized I had fallen. 
And, you know, like I, I consider myself since a child very spiritually intelligent. I, I do. I cannot pretend that. When I was four years old, I could feel the Shakti Kundalini of the electromagnetic field under my feet. I hated to wear shoes. I used to beg my parents not to let me. And when I, I also knew at four years old, if I could stand really still, I would feel this energy of Levathon to rise me up almost like a levitation. I had so much bliss in my body in stillness as a young child. So somewhere along the line where I knew, like even as a young child, my mother came from like Catholic, my father Hindu, it was quite a different thing. By 11 years old, I knew that I was had um, many lifetimes in Tibet. I knew that really I, my lineage is Buddhist and that's what like, it was so strong for me. Anyway, when I realized I've fallen and that I'm suffocating in my unconsciousness, I'd got into a really unhealthy relationship. I was creating from one bad to next bad relationships. And it was then that I began to pray, please God, help me to wake up. I had a dream where I met this ancient mother on the Pleiades. I knew nothing about the Pleiades, nothing. I didn't even know the word really, the Pleiades, but I knew, I said to her as I saw this ancient mother, oh my God, you're my mother on the Pleiades. And as I said that in the dream state, I put my hands out for her to touch my hands. And in that moment, I felt this electric fire voltage in my body that was the first time I felt it through my brow, through my crown. And I went, and I woke up because I couldn't sustain the voltage of that level of light. So not long after, I met this living Buddha, the Buddha Maitreya. And that's that's a strong thing to talk about because there's lots of controversy around whether this is the Buddha, not the Buddha. But I have to say, from that moment onwards, I began to walk a path of studying ageless wisdom, the path of harmlessness. And it was a path of purification. It's such a purification because you have to own your own shadow the whole way through. You have to look at your unconsciousness and where you're sucking energy, where you're in your control drama, where you're in self-pity or aloofness or whatever, where you're shutting the light off and you're sucking light unconsciously or you can consciously align yourself to the source of all creation, the central spiritual sun, and know yourself in the eternal, which is a big thing because I, you know, have been in this journey. And anyway, not long after to get to the hub of this, Jose, is that basically within a year to two years of really looking at every deed and action, my thoughts, becoming aware of the rampant program that's imbued in all of us where we are critical or judgmental or harmful, when I became really aware of this and got to the centre of my own being, it was in that moment I started to experience the grace of the mother, the Shakti Kundalini, unraveling and spiraling her way from the base of my spine all the way through each chakra opening me into liquid light bliss state orgasmic fire of the union of the divine mother of the divine father
that became this flowering of consciousness and began my return home. Mm, wow. Uh, yeah, I think what you just shared about going through those two years, it was kind of like the hero's journey, kind of like going and seeing the <laughs> darkness and all these aspects of self, which I find very often um, some people try to avoid or expedite or completely like dig under the rug which uh, i think that's that's what really caught my attention when meeting you that like you brought this buddhist aspect into the ceremony circle and and kind of like more new age kind of way of, of connecting because I've, i find like uh, buddhism has that power of really bringing everything yes. to life because you're in stillness as you said at the beginning of the session like when you go yes. into stillness everything will come yeah which is not yes, you, it's, it's not. everything that we've been holding on as idea of self. And then I guess after two years of deep introspection, you allow yourself to let go of that and everything that was meant to be rise up and became liquid gold, liquid prana. Uh, wow, it's, it's definitely uh, inspiring to see that mm -hmm. there's, it's all a matter mm -hmm. of decisions, right? Like you could have chose to not go to that path, but it was like, I, it, I'm going to take the decision to get to know myself better to wake up to a higher state of being. And in that awakening, uh, I think it's very important to now go to the topic of the Aquarian age. I remember when I started yeah. my journey, everybody spoke about the Aquarian age. And recently, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, 21st of December, they say that was the full <laughs> embodiment of the Aquarian age. I think oh. it started 1980s. Yogi yeah. Bhajan said 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. It was well, a transition. It, it, before. Yeah. Even before, yeah. right? It so twenty fourth of December, I was like, okay, like you know, many people have visions of like UFOs will come and suddenly the earth will crack open. I'm like, mm -hmm. no, maybe we just have to like even say less, do less, and sit yes. still. So yes, for those that's watching this exactly that, the truth. That don't know what does it mean a Korean age? Why is it so relevant for us? And what do we have to do, if anything? Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for asking this question. It's my favourite thing to talk about on lots of levels. So let's talk about, just before I go into the age of Aquarius, I really want to compare it to the age of Pisces, what we've come out of. And I, in this, it's essential that I talk about it from the perspective of the work of the Christ who came as Jesus in the age of Pisces was all about his, like the, the incredibleness of his incarnation. Because when he asked, um, John the Baptist to baptize him, what that symbolically represents is that age was all about the purification of the emotional body. The cleaning of the emotional waters. Now, if you think about how are we in our emotional body, most people are stuck on the emotional treadmill, taking everything personally, being in separation, attachment and blame. They are what is stuck in this place of anxiety and agitation, irritation, lack of relaxing. It's all lifetime after lifetime after lifetime going around on this emotional treadmill, you know, like basically 
our spiritual evolution is about aligning our chakras so that we aren't looking through that lens where we're stuck. So if you go back to the age of Pisces and you think, what would it have been like in that period? At the beginning of that period of the age of Pisces and right up until at least a hundred years, about a hundred years ago, it was the norm for a woman would have been owned and a commodity of her father and family to be sold. That was the norm around this earth. We, we have progressed so massively, but obviously we have to look at where we've been out of balance within that crazy, crazy ass. But if I go to the very essence, but to understand the age of Aquarius, you have to understand solar philosophy, ageless wisdom. It's based on the principle of the light of the central spiritual sun. You could look at this in the medicine path of understanding Tatawari, the sacred fire, because it's all one and the same. We are fragments of that fire, of that light, of the sun that sits within our very heart center that heart that's pulsing and is the fire. And our journey home is to eventually get to the center of the heart. So the age of Aquarius in comparison to what is known for the age of Pisces is governed by a ray of consciousness called the sixth ray related to the solar plex, the emotional body. The highest attainment you could get in the um, age of Pisces was idealism and devotion. That's the highest attainment, which is why Bhakti Yoga and having the guru outside of yourself was like a very essential part of development in the age of Pisces. Oh, it makes so much sense now, yeah. It does. And it's also why people then automatically and unconsciously in their veil of asleepness gave their authority to the church to this outer power. But unfortunately, the, the church took very full advantage of it and you had very satanic and dark things going on, the raping of the children, many, many things. But the problem was that the mass was in Latin. People didn't speak Latin and they didn't know what they were praying to. They just had this awe, but they also, you know, it, it was very concretized of the Christ's teachings. I'm just talking this one line because basically within this study, which makes the most sense to me anyway, is the understanding that when I talk about the Christ, I'm also talking about Krishna because he's the same being. I'm also talking of the Buddha. I'm talking of Wakantanka, the white eagle. It's the same piercing light that comes from the heart of the sun that actually is in manifestation as the light of spirit now. So now that we go from this age of Pisces, not like it was a bad age, but the dark has always been there, that unconscious taking of the light. And in this age, what we now know as, as the light's being revealed, which you talk about the 21st December, powerful point, I'll talk more about that because what's being revealed is we have been under this influence that is called different things in different paths. But if we talk about it in the Christian path that most of the world can relate to, or the Vedic path or the Buddhist path, it would be there has been a demonic energy that is 
called satanic or luciferic that basically keeps us disconnected from the angelic presence within us also existing. Don't, don't you think there's like, I, thank you for bringing this up because in the spiritual world as well, everybody's like the light, the light, the light. No, don't talk about this. And they're like, oh no, that Satan doesn't exist. And I'm like, no, he definitely does. Certain levels. Christ That's true. doesn't exist. But on this three le D level on the earth, which is the perfect canvas for duality, there is external forces exactly happening. so yeah thank you exactly for that. and so look my very path is mahamudra it's the place beyond duality that's where all the bliss all of that comes but you have to be able to discern and discriminate to be able to understand what doors need to be closed in your own life so that you can get out of the selfishness the greed the self-absorption the positioning for power you have to do it internally individually so that we can have this collectively so the beauty of the teachings are we've all got to go through the very first three main initiations to come to have the brow open, to walk the light of revelation, to be able to witness the good, the true and the real, which is the place of non-duality. So I haven't even touched upon the Aquarian age, but I'm loving speaking to you because you really understand what I'm saying. And what is the difference of the age of Aquarius that we've just stepped into? It's a different ray energy. So the, the Piscean age is governed by the solar plex idealism and devotion. Now comes this new quality, this new ray, which is the ray of the seventh ray, it's called, and it's the ray of cosmic divine order, ceremonial white magic. So at the very beginning of this new 2000 year period, which will come into a 26,000 year cycle. What we've got going on is the energy that is bringing what has been chaos into cosmic divine order, but it's actually all about the purification of our sacral chakra. So as this light comes in from the seventh solar Lord, the seventh ray, energy it's like it's exposing all of that misuse of sexual energy in every single way it's bringing to the surface the pain of humanity of the violation all of the taking of the children all of that number one it's bringing to the surface the yearning for right relationship where people want a tantric connection that's so pure and so exquisite and so beautiful. But the children, the young people have been imbued with pornography. That is a whole dark thing that has to be cleansed. So I'm sorry I'm going very in depth for this age of Aquarius. I, I think you're really setting up the tone to see where we've been and where we're like and still lingering exactly. to be able to yeah. see where we're going or where we where are. We're going. So the beauty to me, of the age of Aquarius is it's the age of telepathy. And to be telepathic, you have to have transparency. You have to have been pure. You have to have gone through the purification to not give a shit about what your neighbor thinks of you or anybody. In other words, you really have to be in that level of turning yourself inside out. That's what it is to be transparent. But the quality of telepathy is very different to lower psychism. It's not, 
you going and tuning in and scanning somebody and then feeling into their astral body what's their desire to then give them a tarot reading and saying, oh, this, this, and this is going to happen to you. Because basically it locks a person and it's of the dark. It is not of the light. It To then tell a person, because our future is not created, it's created in every moment. And the highest outcome of our future is when we are in such union with this light of the highest of divinity, this one that they call the Christ or Krishna, Wakantanka or the Great Spirit. When we are in the quiet listening and the stillness to actually not avoid ourselves anymore, but open ourselves to the angel of the presence, then something really pure comes. And then when our nervous system's so calm and we've accessed the tree of life that is the nervous system, grounded with our roots deep in the ground, open, the Nadi system completely open, then we have the grace because of our purity to be able to experience telepathically the light, the quality of another person's soul so we can, in our service, help them to unfold their dharma by holding our brother, our sister, all humanity in their highest light which and wanting the best different for each from, other. Which is completely different, as you said, about the telepathy of like, oh, this is what's I know. This is what's coming, which is still taking away their power and still being in a position of power. And people... For some reason, love that unconsciously. They love paying somebody to, what's my problem? What's my dharma? You know, stuff. Exactly. It's so empowering what you're saying. And it reminds me, um, I'm sure you know that the, the book, um, the book of mastery by Paul Siegel. Uh, Paul Siegel. No. The book, uh, I am the word. No, I don't read a lot these days. I, I do hear you. He's all about, um, seeing people in truth which is telepathy like i know yes. who you are i know what you are i know how you serve you're here you're here you're here which is telepathy yeah. but in a completely like empowering place as you say you see who they are the christ consciousness the buddha golden buddha and you know that everything will unfold as it's going to unfold which is okay. again stepping away and not having to control or control others so yeah that's, it's that's a really all about that mm -hmm. and so there's such a shadow within what's the new age isn't there because so many people fall and think that's the way because they want the power and they want to be loved and they and and that's it look i used to I'm an amazing astrologer, actually, but I don't do astrology because I won't predict a person's future or anything like that because it's it. I really see people attached to it. And in each moment, like actually the grace in my life is that I got out of the way of thinking I know or even planning anything. And it's now a constant incredible unfolding all the time and imagine I have all these different businesses with my clothing like this but I do it in a way where there's no attachment and it's not in concrete fixedness so I can allow for the flow of the divine mother in her union with the father through everything wow yeah and, and I mean like I think I've also been tapping into that recently and it's been like my mind even if I have a very advanced or not advanced practice or I've read or I haven't read or I've been guided by astrology, whatever, will never be able to create or even anticipate what 
the universe wants to be unfold. And by trying to anticipate and say like, oh, my line of cloth is going to be like this. I'm going to do this. I, I feel like I've been putting boxes in the way the universe will unfold. And now, of <laughs> course, I will never be able to experience anything outside of the box. But when you say like, every morning, my mantra is universe, bring it on. I'm ready. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, oh, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. And sometimes it'll, it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll hurt. It'll be painful. Sometimes it'll be bliss. But I'm yeah. just allowing things to happen. And as I can see from the colors all around you, you're just allowing the universe to bathe you with synchronicity, bliss, and, and, and abundance. It's true. It's true. But coming more into the Aquarian age, I just want to give people the feeling. So imagine 2,000 years ago, the beginning of age of Pisces, Nobody could have ever comprehended that aeroplanes were going to fly in the sky and there'll be electric cars and that we would have houses with water and washing machines and showers and the level of incredibleness living in a country where you can have food of any nation brought to you. It's mind blowing. And the biggest thing that we have now got to at the end of the age of Pisces, the beginning of the age of Aquarius, is that we have been graced to drink from the fountain of all the lineages. You can get on the plane and you can go and sit with the Hunnequin people or the Yawanau people, or you can go and be with the origin, um, uh, Aborigines in Australia, or you can go and study to be in like the highest path of Tantra with the Janang tradition and the Kala Chakra or you might want to specialize with this, but you can do any of it in this life. It's mind blowing. And imagine we're just at the beginning of the age of technology where you can have your own YouTube channel and bring through, you're not having to go through some bureaucracy to say, keep it melt, keep it watered down. Let's keep it too, too bit too extreme. Let's, we need to just tone it down for the people and everything's toned down. We can do anything and be who we are. So this is the dawning of something exquisite. But if you imagine, I see it like mind-blowing where it's going to go in terms of the next 2,000 years. It's, it's really mind-blowing. And I was um, listening to Peter Diamandis and, and Stephen Kopler. Stephen Kopler, he's the guru of flow state. And, and Peter Diamandis, he, he's one of the most advanced people in Silicon Valley in development of technology and whatnot. Yes. And they were saying... Dear one, before the only ones that could actually make an impact in the world were the pharaohs, the kings, the queens, that like really that 0.0001%. Yeah. But now, if you have access to internet, you can impact the lives of billions of people. So there's no excuse Absolutely. to be hiding. And what you're saying is like, we're really just scratching the surface of what's coming up next now. You don't have to hold one lineage. You can take the best of everything and make your practice sacredness yes. and, and what you, they can access your teachings. We can have this conversation, which will be mind blowing for 30 years ago. We will never have this. I will have to go with a big equipment and record. So this is the age of Aquarius. So what I'm getting, we come from the Piscean age, which has been very mental, very like material based. I think Sridhar Kestoar said we come from technology, but like kind of like just creating to be able to fulfill a, a gap of spirituality. We were trying to build big churches to feel connected with God. We're yeah. trying to accumulate wealth to feel worth of heaven. So the age of Aquarius, somebody told me, is the age of truth. Yeah, it's so beautiful. You could look at it like the age of truth and minimalism. We're not going to need, we're not going to, 
We don't need mansions. You know, like actually they say the meek will inherit the earth. This is like the return of like, I believe that as human beings, like we are being influenced by the Buddhas and the Bodhisattvas from the realms of Shambhala, where they, there are literally, and this is no exaggeration, Jose, I've been studying the Kali Chakra and really, this is a big part of my practice, but there are, in the realms of Shambhala, there's like 96 million cities where people are sitting in the Buddha state of consciousness in their Buddha nature, and they have no need for money. They have everything that they have. They, it's all there. And I feel that that's what's going to be the ripening of the age of Aquarius. We will get to that level where we are all in such fulfillment. Like, it's incredible. That is a, that I could do a day's workshop on that, but it is the coming of the golden age. I'll take note on that. <laughs> okay, thank you. Coming of the golden age is like, they're, they're talking now, the, the masters are talking, this is going to take manifestation by tw uh, uh, 2030. But this next three years, mass purification on the outer level, as we're in, yeah. I see it all as a blessing. I, what, if there would be time, I would even like to tell you my story of getting COVID-19. It was oh, really wow. okay. huge blessing, huge blessing I see to do with that on the earth. But I see that like the fuel system is going to come from the light of the sun because there's not going to be the greed to take. I know people involved in creating solar tuk-tuks, solar ships, that so there's no fuel ru ruining our ocean anymore. We are going to come, the, the light of this Christ consciousness is going to help us wake awaken to that inside of our own hearts so that each of us restores the balance on planet Earth. Each of us becomes more tranquil that we can put that tranquil energy of harmony as we consciously interface with the earth into our households and into our community. And it has a ripple effect. So the age of Aquarius, if you've, if no, if you guys haven't watched this series called humans on Netflix, it's about AI robots. And it starts off looking like the absolute shadow of this, but it actually shows this awakened state of consciousness of the interface of technology and humanity. The first time I drank ayahuasca, I really saw there's going to be an interface of technology with the consciousness of humanity. And there's loads of my friends that are very scared of this. There's loads of people frightened of the dark lodge taking the, um, control because up to now the dark lodge has had big control and the awakening is that we wake up to recognize oh my god we've been living in a very darkened state of awareness with in, in a way because we gave we, we gave away control through the power of free will right not claiming our sovereignty that, that's it but we weren't awakened yet and this is written this is part of the divine plan so basically there's no wrongness of where we are up to apart from we are awakening to go, wow, that's totally out of integrity. Fracking the earth, plastic in our oceans, cutting down the rainforests, amalgam in our teeth when you didn't have the money to have white fillings, every single thing you can think of, the pesticides on the grain. It wasn't okay. 
It was selfish and greedy driven by profit. And it comes from a dark force that takes us. And, and the biggest thing, of course, is our young people and, you know, the, the whole drug situation. It's, it's all huge and massive, but there is a divine plan. And I'll wake up. It's going to be quite easy in, well, it's not easy, easy, but we've got to all turn ourselves inside out and we will take our power back. In fact, the taking back of the power is recognizing that we have the courage and we trust ourselves to wield the light, the love and the wisdom. That's what power is in the light. It's, it's when we invoke, I invoke the love, the light and the wisdom of my ashram soul and monad, the, the highest of all we are. When we invoke that to guide me in the right activity within the divine plan, to clarify, to stimulate, to inspire my mind, to transform my feelings, my emotions, and to energize, vitalize, and heal my, my physical and etheric body. So there can be a normal flow of energy in my physical and etheric body. And in this invocation, we come into harmony with ourselves and all life. And we, we ask the light of the one to bless this. Wow. That, that, it felt like a full alignment. It's like, like a, uh, like, it's like a mantra and affirmation yeah. that really brings you into your beingness, into your uh, true nature, which uh, I've been doing, like, I find like the more I do it throughout the day, the less I have to do it in a way because you're constantly there. And then you catch yourself or I catch myself not being there. I'm like, okay, that's not me. That was all beliefs, programs, ancient, whatever. Come back into truth and light. I can't help mm -hmm. by asking this question that I, I ask myself every now and then when I hear about these systems of control, the dark lodge or satanic or the fallen, um, Anunnaki's or whatever. Why? 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 Has there been somebody asked me also the other day, like, who are they and wh why? What's in them? Okay. So, look, that used to be my biggest question, and I feel I've glimpsed certain layers of it. Mm -hmm. But I will talk about it from a personal perspective as well to make it relatable. There is a thing called cosmic astral evil. I was so scared of the dark. You know, I've worked with lots of different plant medicines and one of them I was very scared to take iboga, for instance. Remind me to come back to that because I was frightened of the dark. But it was at that moment when I was going to work with this plant medicine of iboga, which I knew will show me the dark and my own shadow of the dark. My son is very awake, actually. His name's Cyrus. He said to me, you know what? You're striving for the light. You just, all you want to do is be in the bliss, but actually you need to contemplate the yin and the yang. Mum, he said to me, look at the yin and the yang in the dark. In that dark black void is the light, the light. And in that light is the dark and they're inextricably linked in duality, in that realm. You already touched upon it in one dimension or 100 billion dimensions called duality. And then there's a popping through where there's no, no duality. Mahamudra, Dharmakaya, that's where we are in the union with the grace of God. However, why do we need to go from it? And that's why I love to talk the tales. I could speak about it from Krishna Radha, how he created 
Krishna created Radha so he could experience the love that he has in his heart for all existence back, mirrored back to himself through Radha. I love that tale. But if we look at it through the Luciferic spirit and the origination through Christianity and the Garden of Eden and that whole thing with Lilith and then Eve. What I like about it is the understanding when I tune into what is Lucifer. Lucifer's the most beautiful angel, accordingly, out of all the all the angels. But Lucifer got bored of being in the union with the God's will and said, I really want to do my own thing. I would really like to be my own creator. And I don't want to be in your divine will, God. I want to be doing my own thing. Think about when you were 14 years old, Jose, or I was 14, or any teenager, having been the mother of four teenagers, all of them, when they get to a hormonal stage where their sexual energy is kicking in and it's not purified yet, they turn away from the mother and the father and they basically say, talk to the hand, I'm not interested. Don't tell me what to do. And there's an aggression that comes with the turning away from the mother and the father as they separate to find themselves. In myself, I'm going to own my own shadow because I know the part of me that hates to be told what to do. Even with my spiritual master, even when we turn away from the Christ or the Buddha, literally, because we don't want to be told what to do. We don't want to feel surrendered and suffused in the light of their wisdom or their grace. We want to go and explore. That's the story of the prodigal son going out on this journey by ourselves. Or if you looked in mythology or the Holy Grail and King Arthur, Everything is linked to this labyrinth. We are walking in the darkness till we spiral in and we go through all the suffering, all the disappointment, all the distrust of God because we're in this thing until it's painful, so painful till you feel suffocated by it all. And then you say, please hold me again. I can't do this on my own. Everything that you built that you thought was going to be amazing, you worked so hard, you created this business, you became a multimillionaire and at your death, you're on your own, nothing satisfying and you can't take any of it with you again and again. We have all these different experiences again and again. And on one level, we could say, not one of these things was fun. Like, oh, yes, I learned a lot along the way, but did I learn? Because I kept repeating the mistake in so many different ways. Until one day when we really come on our knees, we bow down, we say, look, I've really, really definitely had enough now. Please show me the way. Please show me the way home to my heart. Please show me what is it I even need or want, because we really don't know. Anyone who's worked with plant medicines comes to that conclusion that we don't know fuck all, sorry for swearing, we don't know anything. We just don't. And we don't even know, like, what should we do tomorrow? Like, we really, we don't. And then everything begins to change when we come with that humility of an innocent child that's willing to be guided into the right activity within the divine plan. That's when the creator can really use us 
to become this amazing vehicle. But why did we have to go so far into the separation to the darkest point? Sam, look, if you look at what is it to be somebody who sexually abuses children, what, why? Why would they be in that darkness? They say sometimes that hurt people hurt people. The pain, but they didn't feel worthy enough to go to the creator to say, I'm ready to present myself to you. I want your light. I need to be filled with your light. But they still wanted that light. They stole it from the child of the innocent, of the beauty. They stole the light, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, you, like the example of being like a teenager, whatever, like we rebel so much to our nature, to our tribe, to our home, but then it hurts so much that we call home. We're like mom or dad or like grandpa. We always want to come back home. And that's the whole journey of like coming home and then how to integrate everything you've learned, uh, uh, which is uh, the next step of spiritual development. Ram Das also says, if you think you're spiritually enlightened, go spend a weekend with your family. I always now, say that to people. Every time I come home, I'm like, oh yeah, time to put into practice. In Bali, in Ibiza, it's like a vortex. Then you come home and you're like, okay, this is, this is the real thing. It is. So on that, on that note, I've got to quickly say, having four kids keeps me so in check. They, they like slap me with the awareness of where I'm aligned or not aligned. It's so beautiful, but it's not comfortable because they will show me my ego each and every day. I've got plenty of people around me because other people put me on a pedestal and think, wow, but it's my kids that mirror the home that nurtures you and puts you into line. And yeah, mm -hmm. I think, um, um, yeah, we can, we can do lots of plant medicine and going inner journeys, but then really having ways to see checking in and that's your kids, that's your family, being a grandmother, like you fly, fly, but then it's like, Hey, 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 I'm, I'm hungry. Feed me, yeah. hug me, all these things. I do want to talk about the COVID, um, um, experience and, and yep. you've been, explaining how like in your own process to your process you went through purification practices removing stagnation awakening the body cre first creating space to be able to hold that vibration you uh, yeah. i think paramahasa yogananda used to say that kriya mm -hmm. yoga is like putting your fingers on the plug if you're not prepared you will burn and that's how many people have that's done kundalini it. and they'd be like that's they have it. this really traumatic experience or plant medicine if you, if you didn't prepare properly i don't think there's any error but you have prepared a little bit more no that so, it's really important what you're saying mm -hmm. about that i do want yeah. to go into that yeah <laughs> uh, uh but COVID, for me people have been complaining so much and they've been uh not with any sense of of judging but people have been whining and they've been complaining and they've been uh calling out names and care complaining about their politicians about their family members of those that don't want to follow the regulations those that follow it too much but for me, it's been the biggest blessing. Like it's been the, the biggest cleanse. It's like I was with my friends. Hey, remember in the astral that we said we're going to sign up for this one? Don't forget, come. Don't miss this year. It's going to be radically beautiful, empowering. And that's been like my journey of like cleansing and surrendering. And when I, as you said, I thought I knew something like, ah, ah, ah. Like this, you were touching upon the, the past. Get ready because what's coming up next needs your full 100%. attention. So I see really COVID-19 as this cleansing that we've been calling on. 
And you also mentioned about child abuse, uh, basically abuse also of, of our mother earth, of our mothers also, our fathers, tribe, indigenous community. And people are like, oh yeah, COVID-19 has made the world so much worse. I'm like, really? It's always no. been there. Not always, but it's been there for thousands of years. It's just coming to the surface. And now we're given the opportunity. That's why I feel so empowered. I'm like, what are we going to do as individuals, as in a collective? Are we going to keep hiding the child abuse and say, don't post this on social media. This should not be there. I'm like, or am I going to look at the at the eyes of the beast and be like, this is wrong. Let's, I can support you in healing this, but you have to be willing to do it. Let's start cleaning our oceans. Free energy is coming up next. Okay. Solar energy, wind energy. Kids are being born like your son that just knows so much. They're just channeling all this Tesla information and other practices. But then you just shared with me that you went through your own COVID-19. And I went, I didn't have COVID-19, but I've had the most close near experience in my life. I was almost, I, from eating a coconut, I think I got salmonella or something very weird. I was two weeks almost dying in Costa Rica. And I was laughing in a sense because I'm like, people are dying from COVID-19 and I've never been so close to dying from eating a coconut. I thought I would not get that by eating chicken and all these things. Wow. Uh, so I went through my cleanse and I was with my mom and my partner and we were like oh, all, no. nobody could take care of each other. We we're all like going through this deep process, but I'm wow. so excited. And then I, at the end, it was like, wow, major upgrades. You had to really let go of all of this. And it, and it happened after a Cambo ceremony the next day. So I was like extra clean. So I'm like, wow. okay, it meant to be. But I want to hear about your COVID-19 okay. experience and the, the lessons and the teachings. Thank you. Thank you. I'd love to share that. Okay. So, you know, everything I ever share, I'm always relating it to this very beautiful study, this golden thread called Ageless Wisdom, which supports our spiritual evolution, helps us to understand what it actually is. But what it is, is stages of wake up. There's three levels of initiation. So I see COVID-19 as humanity collectively going through first initiation, purification from the sacral chakra to the throat chakra. This isn't channeled information. This is like basic level study. So for every single one of us who are waking up, we have to purify our sacral chakra. So the, basically on a person who's not awake, who's misusing their energy, their chakras would flow anti-clockwise downwards to take energy. Okay, that's really important to know that, to take it, to suck it towards them because they're not in alignment, they're not fulfilled. When we are aligned and fulfilled, then we are in a radiance of outpouring of energy. We give energy wherever we go. That's why those control dramas like self-pity sucks energy. All of that, right? So why I'm talking about this to do with COVID, think of the throat chakra and think of the energy I can't breathe. And then also think of your own body as the tree of life. We touched upon it, but I'd like the people watching this to view, think of their spine of which a central channel of energy flows up. And then think of your lungs like two, like branches off of the tree. So you've got this in center of your heart chakra. And then we think of what have we been doing to the earth? We've been rampantly cutting down the rainforests. 
the lungs of the earth, wrecking our biosphere so that there's not enough oxygen, number one. So basically, we are interconnected with everything. So to me, the people who are in this conspiracy theory of thinking that there's some dark force that's purposely created COVID, for me, is just an automatic karmic ripening of humanity's unconsciousness. We went unconscious this last hundred years. We allowed nuclear testing to happen on, in our seas. We, we allowed this pesticides to go on the grain, you know, like all of this, even because we weren't in our power, I'm not blaming anybody, but all of this is the dysfunction, our seas, the um, ice caps, the the icebergs are melting, you know, like everything could be looking like it's chaos and it's all going to be terrible. But I see COVID-19 that ultimately, like everything, there's nothing outside of our spiritual practice, nothing, whether it's you're changing the nappy, cooking the dinner, you can make it a spiritual practice or you can be the victim to it and hate what you're doing and be thinking you should be doing something more spiritual than cooking the meal or changing the nappy or gardening. You know, like there's everything could be your spiritual practice, your lovemaking, making it as a prayer, an offering, rather than this desperation to get something. So basically coming to COVID, I see that we as a, as a race got this moment, this last year, as much as it was so scary and frightening at the beginning because every one of us had the carpet pulled from under our feet where we had to meet the mother, the great mother is great mystery. All of us went through the uncertainty of not knowing how to plan for next month. Would we be able to pay the rent? Wouldn't we be able to pay the rent? Uh, is my mother going to die? Are we going to die? We all had to be humble of the not knowing. And in that, as a race, we had to go inside quietly to the bedroom. Some people shut up in their little flat or whatever to just say, I need to be quiet so I can listen to God talk to me. I need to feel myself. I, I've been out of my center. Let me see if I can just be still to feel so that I can know what's going on because everyone wanted to know. That's where we originally fell as humanity picked from the apple, from the tree of knowledge rather than the beingness of the tree of life. So human beings are imprinted with the mechanism of the need to know and all of us were not allowed to know in this last year. And we're still in it slightly because we still don't know properly when we're coming out and can we start planning our own little plan again? We can't still even plan like a month ahead. It's like they're opening and closing and there's new strains and things happening. Yeah, so there's all of this, which is going to take us into that very tantric. In Buddhism, we have white tantra. It takes us into the walking on the razor's edge, the diamond path of having to just be in the moment with what is and just trusting if we're in alignment, the right things are going to come to us at the right time and the right inspiration. And everything can begin rebalancing because we, because I feel we've been pushed inside of ourselves until our nervous systems calm down and we can be, become rebalanced and harmonize every human being on this earth in India and all over the world had the opportunity to literally face their family 
and see what they'd built for themselves. Are they lonely? Do they hate their mother, father, brother, sister, all their kids? Or are they going to get on with them? And month after month went by and everybody had to purify to wake up on Groundhog Day and say, oh, I'm going to be nice today. I'm going to cook everyone a night's meal. I'm not going to be critical. I'm not going to do this. And then eventually people became harmonized because they were facing and meeting their first circle around them, the family. They had to. And some people had to go into the regret, like the remorse, the sadness that they didn't have friends, that they did, you know, like it, whatever karmically everyone got to meet themselves. Anyway, so my own story with COVID was that the day that I got it, it was a bit like being pregnant because when I'm pregnant, I wake up and I go, oh my God, I'm pregnant. I know before it's like, it's something, it's like a clock in my body opens. And I went, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning. And I was just like, my chest feel, I did a test by the way, two days before and I was clear, all my family did. Okay. Now, two days later, I've woken up and went, my chest feels tight and I've got this graveliness in my throat. Now I was blessed because I've got COVID-19 swab tests in my house because I have just, it's a long story how, but I have, and they're very accurate. And that after I went for a walk that day, I did my hour walk and it was tight in my chest to walk a little bit. Anyway, I got home, tested myself and lo and behold, yes, I got COVID. And I live in a house where I've got my daughter, her boyfriend, a different son lives here. And then downstairs, there's a beautiful apartment. My other son, his wife and my two grandchildren live here. So it's like my kids were like, go to your room. You need to isolate. We don't want to catch it. But I'm like, I think you might have got it. Anyway, my cleaner got it immediately. And anyway, I go in my room and I'm like, okay, I was sleeping a lot and feeling this tightness. And I had, I ordered a steamer. I just read two days before that if you steam your chest, it actually came from a guy who founded a um, Ayurvedic clinic in India that he had treated over 3,000. They had treated 3,000 COVID patients and none of their staff got COVID by steaming for five minutes twice a day. Just steaming, like inhalation, you know, towel over you or whatever. But I, I bought a professional steamer and had it two days later. So that was lucky. And basically, though, the whole journey was clouded by one of my clients who's my age, similar ethnicity, similar weight. I'm not like the super skinny yogini these days, like a little bit overweight, 58 years old. And she was taken to hospital on the day that I got COVID and she was dead five days later. So it was painful for me because I was holding her daughter and her son had been to my retreats, to the ceremonies. And I was concerned because I thought that could be me. I don't know which way this is going to go. So I had to process that. 
like, okay, what happens? I'm not really ready to leave my body. I wouldn't have thought I'm going to go now. I've got a lot of work. I feel I've just come into flowering of consciousness and I want to support and share, but I also need to be non-attached. If I have to go, I have to go. I haven't got my house in order. But I, I, I have to be honest with you. It was like this, Jose. I had to willfully align myself to breathe deep into the center of my heart, to make my alignment to the Christ light in my heart in a deeper way and to face all the parts of me that wanted to be lazy, to not go there because there are those parts of me. Like if I had to like go and do like run for five kilometers, no, I just, everything in me would resist that. But I, it was like that having to go, I had to make sure I'm taking my, liposol vitamin c my vitamin d3 with um k2 my zinc i had to take all these vitamins there's a part that's lazy that doesn't really it was want like time to like spirit telling you time to mother yourself you've been giving so much to everyone okay, you know? no. like hey time to be your own mother your own no. guy your own midwife and everything like, yes. mother yourself stop everything. stop everything be selfish a little bit 15 know? days or something like that but by about the 12th day because the doctor said to me on earlier in it like it should only be like five or six days most people if you're still feeling symptoms eight days later ten days later they didn't say then you should be worried but they sent it telepathically by now by the way seven days later my daughter and her boyfriend got it and then my son and his wife got it and It was a, it was so many levels, like even just feeling like, oh God, I've got to ask for a cup of tea or for them to bring me water or cook me food. Like I'm dependent now. I'm dependent on my family nurturing me. Number one, it was many, many layers, but I just want to share this part of it because this was like a cracking open, which surprised me that Just before I came to the end where I, my whole body knew how to heal itself, because it was about that, before I could allow myself to fully heal, this infection, which I see to be an absolute blessing, took me deep into my heart chakra that sits in the lung area. And it showed me that I had some sort of suppressed grief. Now, obviously, I've done a lot of work on myself. I thought I've cried all my tears, but this particular grief was related to my father, which was a pain that I had pushed down and under the carpet. And when I was like, I had to go there and then came the tears and the release and turned itself inside out so I could see the blessing of this grief and disappointment I had around a particular aspect of my dad who I loved, held him when he died. Like, I loved the man, beautiful guy, feel his spirit so strongly even now. But there was a place where he, in his unconscious, was an addiction to gambling, a blah, blah, blah. It's a whole story. I won't go into it. But I had this terrible sadness around it and I had to let that come out and when after I released it then I could breathe to the center of my heart 
that's when my breath changed and that's when I got better and that's when I was fine and I needed those tears to be cried and a lot of people I've spoken to who have had COVID needed to cry and release the grief from their lungs so I'm so grateful because in it I feel like I accessed the center of my heart much more than before and I saw that COVID was a gift to us collectively and individually that if you have COVID, you you really can go deeper to the very center of your own heart. That's a massive blessing. But some people in the journeying to the center of their heart can't hold it in the incarnation of their physical form of this body. So they have to leave the garment of this body and recognize this too is only a dream, one night's dreaming in our soul's evolution. They have to let go of the attachments of their loved ones and all of it. And it's not comfortable or easy for those who have had to go, but it's always in its divine perfection within karma. That's how I see it. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, so profound that you were able to access a deep, you like, if anybody, if I had to interview you two weeks before, I'm like, do you feel, Rita, that you're connected with your heart and your chakra and that you breathe? I would say 100. Like 100%. But then there's like, oh, again, you think you know? Let's go deeper. This was that was COVID okay. medicine, and yeah, it's it's lovely to see that um, keep moving that uh, lens of perception that everything is a teaching or a blessing or a teaching and a blessing, and it sounds like COVID nineteen was a teaching and a blessing. Um, I don't want to, like, I'm thinking about the questions. I'm like, we need, like, oh, like, 24-hour we, marathon. We, we, we need we another We need another one, don't we? Yes. We should do another one. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do I'm sure I'm, I will ask people to uh, put some questions, things that are really impacted okay. so we can continue. Definitely because um, being a Korean age and it's being still pretty close, I want to talk about 21st of December 2020. Oh, that yeah. was, by the way... Uh, I'm, I wasn't, I've never been too much into astrology, like Western astrology. It was my Saturn return, the finishing, the culmination. And, and really? Of yeah, your first almost, Saturn return? Yeah, my, fir- my, my, my friend almost fell out of the chair. Like on the 21st of December, that's like pretty, right. pretty mind-blowing, like with Aquarius and, and Saturn and zero, zero degrees, I think. But uh, I went with my partner. We decided we were in, Co- in Costa Rica in a bubble, in this bubble of COVID-free everything. And then we're like, I think it's time to travel again and, and go see what's happening out there and we went to um, egypt and we went to see the 21st of december at karnak temple the temple exactly meant for for the solstice how lucky were you yeah like we decided to take a leap everybody like everybody all our family like you're crazy it's covid when we went through the uk the new string was just trying to come out people felt like we we're gonna die in egypt and they will have to come pick us up or something but i'm <laughs> saying with you this because this age of Aquarius, we were on the most sacred altar space of Karnak Temple. How and there three, well, we're a group, we're a few people watching the sunrise, exactly the sun coming out through the, all the portals and all the arches of the temple. And there were three girls with crystal alchemical bowls playing them. And that is a triple no-no. That's illegal in Egypt. You can't do that in temples. It's illegal to meditate. It's illegal to pray. Because it's Why? policed by, by the Muslim religion. You know, I didn't police. know that. Now yeah, that you, you say you that. Can, you can meditate, you can do yoga, because they, you just have to be a tourist. But our guy that has taken, he's a meal shaker, he's taken Drumbalo Melchizedek and Greg Braden and everything. Like, Jose, I've never seen this in 20 years of coming here. 
this probably will never happen again. This 21st, what you guys came, and now I understand, it's definitely the opening of a new beginning for the earth. Because if you can play a singing bowl in the most sacred temple, wow. and, and you can pray and you can meditate, and we were able to do a whole thing, Guys, I think this year that is coming up, lots of things are going to be opening. So I want to go into That's the depth. That's so beautiful. I love um, that. I was in ceremony. First, you were in ceremony, right? Yeah, I was. But, why, you know, why, why the significance of, of this solstice? So it's interesting. First of all, I'm going to say one thing. I've also got Saturn in Aquarius, and it's my second Saturn return at the moment. Oh. And um, But on the 21st, because... Okay, that's a big question you just asked me. I see it like this. The, the consciousness of Christ in form as an incarnation is on the planet. Now, that's a big thing to say. Yeah, that's a big word. And basically, that is being externalized. I'm not going to be like the person that's going to be giving the full download of this. If people want to look for themselves and look Christ incarnated they can take their own look but basically i've i've like feel this deep connection with an incarnation that i see to be the living buddha and christ and at this point in time it's a very strong externalization process but it's it's too much to talk about on this podcast but it is happening let's just say everything in the book of revelation it's happening. Everything that's been predicted is happening. People know it. They can feel it. They knew that COVID and coming in, like everyone's paying closer attention. Something massive is happening. If you, there are books, Yogi Bhajan talked about it, about like, like the Aquarian Christ and there's books written about the Maitreya is the Christ. It's here. It's happening. So it's, it's all I can say, Jose, is that on that date, with all that planetary lineup in the age of Aquarius, more of this process is being externalized and there's no going back. The darkness, let's say Trump, let's say Trump's reign on America. To me, I don't see that he is like the Christ and cleaning the swamp. I'm sorry. I'm so not in that theory. So, so many people have that. <laughs> I know, but that's very clever manipulation of the people. It was fascinating. I mean, just on a very mundane level, I watched a series called Homeland recently on Netflix, and I was blown away by the distortion in the CIA, FBI, etc. But I got to see how there are groups of people very cleverly with underground thing where people with false... I mean, you probably watched The Great Hack. I haven't. But basically how things are manipulated through Facebook... Yeah to get a whole load of people, especially open spiritual people that are gullible, to group join in to think this and this and this is true. Like the, the whole thing. Anyway, I'm not getting political here, but I will say that if you think about Trump, basically, if you look at his, um, uh, look him up, right? There's There's things where you see that He's been accused of raping a 13-year-old girl at Jeffrey Epstein's place, right? I've listened to her talk and what happened, and it's really, really serious. And there's just 
everything from build a wall to Mexico for crikey's sake, like beyond out of a crazy movie. Everything about him from the day my daughter was the one said to me, Trump's running for election, Donald Trump. And I then I was listening to how he talks about women and how he proudly is saying he sticks his tongue in their throats and grabs their pussy. Like all of this is all documented. And then he becomes the president of the USA. And the first thing he wants to do is to build a wall, blah, 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 could go into it. But to me, that represents the darkest of the dark. And at the same time, then you've got this pure light that's coming, that's awakening our consciousness by teaching us the law of harmlessness, of impeccability. And this is all related to the 21st of December 2020, uh, 2020 because as that lineup of planets came, Jupiter, Saturn, all of them, it opened a door of consciousness that those people who are already awake started to receive their highest dharmic downloads. For me, I received like the culmination of what I'm here to do, not in like some grandiose way, but it's just offering all that I am in the work of everything I would love to share freely, like from my heart, I realized oh, I want to give a year's training. I got that on the 21st. It wasn't like I was planning a thought, but I realized this is what's needed. I need to give this. I need to not hide behind myself of the places of feeling unworthy to be who I am. I need to come out and just say, look, I'd really love to show you actually how to align yourself to the highest, how to feel the etheric plane, how to give healings in it, uh, to people, how to be present for someone if they're leaving their body, dying, transitioning, how to know yourself in the eternal, how to work with plant medicines, how to discern who you sit with in terms of somebody to serve you to open up to that voltage of electricity that could blow your circuits or not. All of this, I just got my download for the 21st of December, which became the realization I've got to do this year long training at a very in affordable cost for people. Mm. So yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, the 21st of December, I felt that like, but I guess like our bodies, we have to consciously open ourselves to that download or life will always make you aware of yeah. your center. But as you were saying, through your years of practice, you were able to prepare your vessel to receive yeah. the download because you were ready. You were not late. It's not that no. you were playing small for too long. It's like now That's is the time that you prepare. You. You've been putting the reps. Now is the time to really show them muscles. Yeah. But let's go there. I want to hear about your year-long shamanic. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Is, is, is it, could, we, could we also name it like Rita, the Jedi Academy? <laughs> Yeah, the Dharmakaya Foundation. This is like the training one. So thank you. So basically, uh, so okay. In two thousand and three, I first came across the plant medicines, and what I saw, I got this telepathic download from Madre Ayahuasca. Just in seeing a, it was actually I saw a slideshow of somebody who wasn't willing to serve it in England, but wanted to take people to the forest. And he gave a slideshow about what, what this medicine was about, this, this beautiful grandmother medicine. And when I watched it, I was like, this medicine 
is basically going to help people fast track through the first stage of initiation right relationship, second stage of initiation discernment discrimination to be able to take people out of duality to have a brow open, their brow to be able to navigate that place of non-duality to walk, to be in revelation, to see, to witness the good, the true and beautiful. I got that. And I also got, no, I didn't get that that day. So anyway, to cut a long story short, I began working with different plants to, in my own purification process and got to understand how it telepathically weaves people together in the heart so that they enter timelessness, that they will never forget each other, that they will have met each other's souls. And I saw this to be what is a master plant teacher? A master plant teacher still giving the teachings of the Christ, the Buddha, the Bodhisattvas, and like all of the different paths, but individually through each person getting the opportunity to have darshan with a great master that's scanning their body and seeing where they're out of alignment and helping them to recalibrate, helping them to say, get to see themselves, meet themselves. So having done this for years, having began to work a little bit in this way, running retreats all over the world, understanding the the walk of a medicine carrier, I realized that there's been a lot of incongruence. There's a lot of people who have complained that they've been taken advantage of in different ceremonies, um, sexually. There's a lot of different things. But in the main, for myself, I've only just, I've loved being sitting with the Huni Queen, with the Santa Daimi, with the Iboga, with the San Pedro, with Peyote, and the different chiefs. I love all of the medicines. They are all helping people to come home to their heart in their alignment. But, and what I really wanted to help people to have not just an understanding in this shamanic training of just the plants, but actually how to hold the plants, how to prepare, how to be able to hold space for yourself, but also for another person. Wow. So it's not like this course is going to, you suddenly go out and give ceremonies and hold your own medicine circles, but maybe this is a possibility. But it's if, if you're a yoga teacher, you're going to be able to be more empathic and attuned because this course is more about understanding your own spiritual evolution and where other people are out, to not be able to take things personally, to be more spiritually mature, but to develop etheric sensitivity, but also the wisdom of understanding how to travel through the bardos, how to travel through the different dimensions and know where you are. Are you in the astral body? Are you here in some dimension that is actually not even serving you? Is this serving you? Or do you need to go up and how to travel to go up and through the brow, through the crown? So I really would love to teach the lineage that I stand in the umbrella. Uh, uh, this umbrella is over me that has been the grace of being able to speak to you how I'm speaking to you today, which could be called the Vajrayana lineage. It's a Tibetan white tantric path 
that helps you to unify yourself inwardly so that you become unified with everything outwardly. So you become a blessing of bringing harmony and grace wherever you go, whatever situation you're in, you can transform it and transmute it. And that gives me the skill, for instance, to how to transform, transmute demonic energies by getting out of the way and invoking the highest light and bringing the blessing of love. So there's no fear. So, so I'm just, I'm just saying like what I want to share in this training is how to become a, a Shambhala warrior or somebody who walks such a high level path that you're not going to get caught in the storm. You know how to deal with every situation by bringing it into your spiritual practice and not trying to push it away. Wow. Um, I, I, if I correct me if I'm wrong, did um, Dalai Lama said that Vajrayana Yoga is the highest yoga? Yes. I think that's introductory for the Tibetan book of the day. He's like, that is like the ultimate. And um, I think that's the beautiful thing about plant medicine and, uh, and beings like yourself that it's combining ancient practices that are rooted and daily practice. Yeah. Because I, I think um, St Stanislav Grof, the, one of the LSD yeah. for, uh, headmasters, uh, over 20,000 uh, sessions, he, he studied a lot with green punches. And they're like, wow, yeah, LSD is a great tool. But we take 30 years into getting to a state like that and people are getting there. So how can we ensure that it becomes an integrated process, a, a life experience, and not just a five, a twelve-hour experience that then you have to repeat because you didn't understand or integrate. That's a really good thing I, to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And, and I feel how like you are more than like how to serve. I don't think serving is that complicated. You like I've I've spent months with the Honey Queen and and like and the Katukina people. Like serving on things like so intrinsic. It's like you as the space holder. What are you bringing in? How you're able to not going to ego into the into the yeah like all these shadows so i think before serving is like kind of doing your course it's like cleanse purify open the light remove yourself from the equation and allow all the petals from the thousand uh, petal lotus all the buddhas all the lineages come through you you're opening the gate we're like gatekeepers that we open and we forget that it's not about us it's yeah. about just holding that vibration. Um, Shambhala Warriors <laughs> sounds really, really exciting. I think, um, I, I, can't, I can't wait to talk to you in a year's time. And wow. See, like, all these Jedis, all these Shambhala Warriors that, like sharing their light. As a yoga teacher, you're also doing ceremony. Every, every, yoga every time. Session is a ceremony, every time. Right? Can, can I just address one thing? There's yeah. two little things yeah. that you said that are so important, Jose, I feel need to be talked about. Yeah. The first one, LSD, I just want to bring a slight difference of equation with the, working with plant medicines because I took LSD. Look, I, I think I know loads of people that take LSD and it's been the most amazing thing for them. Really amazing. So I'm not knocking it, but I am saying this. When I was 18, I took half an acid tab. I didn't have the purity or the harmlessness in my body to cope with the opening of all these gates inside me because of the family and the bloodline I'd come through and the conditioning that had happened in my body in this life, 
I went into a Kundalini burnout. I released Kundalini and I went crazy for about six months. It took me to ground out. And I know that people have had these dangerous experiences taking LSD. A lot of people think plant medicines are a drug. I'd say that this is the difference. People take drugs, they get high, then they feel like crap afterwards. When you take a plant medicine, you often feel like crap during it and crap a lot. And then afterwards, you feel purified and clear. And there's a very big difference between the two. And, and you even even though... You were never doing... You will never do it for fun. Some people tell me, like, you're going getting ceremony. Never recreationally. Like, never. It's like, never. oh, it, it's never recreation. You don't, you even though you may have bliss and joy, it's never recreation. That's one thing. The other thing that's really important... Please don't get me wrong. There's, I'm 100% not um, doing this course so that people think that they can serve medicine. But I feel the people who serve medicine have a karmic, for myself, karmic responsibility for every cup poured for that person's spiritual evolution. That, that would be one thing. And num number two, like the love to be unconditional, which is where the grandmother comes in or the mother. Do you know what I mean? It has to be unconditional with whatever. And so that's where primarily I've, I'm grateful to say that I've seen mostly people serving in that way. Mm -hmm. Mostly. But anyway, we can come back to that. But I, I just wanted to bring that in. No, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. I think they asked once, uh, I probably agree. LSD, first of all, there's no altar. And that's something I've been finding yeah. about like, when I talk to like shamans or like indigenous. They're like, if there's no altar, there's no direction. And with an unclear direction, there's unclear outcomes. And then there's confusion, six month integration. Uh, we were, I was just in Guatemala doing ceremony, uh, with a dear friend. He just came from being with the Yawanawa. He's been serving for a while. And a girl was like, I'm so impressed. Like, I don't need any integration. I feel so integrated. I'm like, you're drinking the earth. That's integrated as it can be if held with the right. But, but having said that, look, basically the LSD, if it didn't come in, we wouldn't have had the hippie movement in the 60s and that awakening of consciousness. And for instance, one of my sons loves to take LSD, actually two of my sons. And they, you know, and they've drunk all the medicines they've done for years since they're young. And for young people, a lot of them shamanically have the skill to suddenly hold the space. They might be working. And for me, I'm a thousand percent prefer people to be working with Changa LSD or DMT than, uh, and mushrooms rather than them doing cocaine and ketamine and other crap stuff. So if, you know, and it's helped them in their wake up process. They've become nicer people. So I'm not saying, but I am saying I'm always really careful because not, not I'm careful, but I would like people to be careful because if somebody is wobbly and like uh, the youth now, the young people now, Jose, so many of them are frightened. They think that there's a big dark thing going on. They're scared of these agendas that it's brought them into a place of distrust of humanity and mm -hmm. distrust of people. There's a lot. So if, if they come out of lockdown, they all start doing drugs. It's a big worry to me. A big worry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you. I, I also like, I've one of great healings through LSD. So I, I, yeah, honor, I honor it. And I think 
they, they asked uh, um, Ninkaroli Baba about LSD. Yeah. And he said, oh, we've had, we yogis, we've had this in the past, but you Westerners need it in a paper and you called it God. But it's always been, nothing is new. We just take it in different forms. Okay, so okay. I Live Awakened, uh -huh. it's all about experience. It's all about tangible tools uh, for people to integrate. Uh, and I know you have a beautiful meditation journey that, that you would like to share with, uh, with the entire world. Before we go there, mm -hmm. what would you say are three actionable things somebody can take? Doesn't matter if they're living in the darkest of the darkest or they're already uh, in Nirvakalpa Samadhi. What are three things that somebody can do as of today to start to get this glimpse of these downloads that start from 21st of December to start to realize how epic, how blissful life is in its true, authentic nature. Thank you for asking that really beautiful question. I would say that the first one, really good tool technique, and we'll do this a bit more in the meditation, is just to close your eyes and see if you can feel your central channel along your spine. Like, do you feel that your head is straight on your shoulders? Can you feel the energy at the base of your spine? Like feel yourself internally. And taking deep breaths really deep into your heart. And thirdly, to allow the sound of the OM that's with, so you would power up your breath, taking deep breath, and then to tone the OM to vibrate a frequency of the Shri Yantra into your energy body field to change the frequency around you. Like, and the more that you just simply own, the more you're connecting to the will of God rules the universe, the pulse and the rhythm of what creation is. So that really supports you. And also to live with the law of harmlessness to know that harmlessness is what activates your chakras to go clockwise and become radiant. Harmlessness is going to bring you home, and that means being kind, loving, and harmless to yourself. Those thoughts that judge yourself, that criticize yourself, compares the shape of your nose, the color of anything, anything you're comparing to another person, to like, help to dissolve that program, that imprint that is just the untruth. So that first part of coming down and in is really what is essential in our wake up process that's going to help you to align to the light that you are in that plane of existence, which is eternal, where you've been created from the creator in the image of the creator, your divine self. Aho. Aho. So this was just like anybody watching this or listening, this was a teaser of the big, great grand finale. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. It's all yours. I think you have uh, screen access. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And we, we, I'm going to, I was going to maybe, no, i tell you what. Um, we're gonna. The music is going to be by somebody called Ali Calderwood. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll make sure I mention it. Yeah, to credit her in case I forget. Thank you.
So inviting you to find that alignment in your spine, to sit yourself up straight or to lie yourself down straight. To just take a moment to release any tension in your neck. Inviting you to take a deep breath in through the nose to clear any chitter chatter in the mind. Breathe that deeply in and hold the breath as long as you can. And when you release the breath, release out through the mouth. Let's do this three times. below the very base of your spine. See if you can feel that vortex of light, the power point of your vitality. Focus yourself here. Breathe into conscious interfacing with the earth. Opening yourself to receive her harmony. of your nervous system down from the base of your spine, traveling down into the earth, down a hundred feet down into the earth. we pledge 
encourage ourselves to open to the flow of this grace. dissolve and become empty of ourselves so she can spiral up through our body to make her way to the Father, alchemicalizing, purifying, vitalizing everything its way so just opening yourself to enjoy that tingly electrical light in your feet as you feel this shakti ignite you solar angel that's walked with you in every lifetime, the presiding angel of your spiritual evolution in this dimension of this dream. silent witness, the one that's watching, 
way so that we can be moved in the Tao ceremonially in cosmic divine order in these coming times that we can be pure enough to wield the light of white magic to manifest enormous beauty and restoration of balance on this earth for our coming ones, for the children. Help us to listen to you more clearly. Help us to know you more intimately. Help us to have the courage to meet ourselves in the dark, in the shadows, and to bring love to those places that need healing. Help us, great spirit, that the veil can be lifted, that we could know ourselves as one family, one humanity, each and every being, to really, truly want the best for each other. fire of our own soul's merit of the good, the true and the beautiful of all that we have offered every good deed, word and action may it pour down and in and through us to light our way may we stabilise in our emotional body so that we no longer are in separation, greed, selfishness, and self-absorption. I ask this in the name of the Christ, the Buddhas, the Bodhisattvas, the great Rishis that guard this universe. I ask it in the name of the ultimate of divinity. Through this day and every day to serve the one. Om Shanti, Om Shanti, Om Shanti, Om. Brother, oh, thank you. Rita. Wow. Mm. Thank you for the reminder. Thank you for your light, mm. um, for your art that is beautifully showcased behind you and flowers, the candle. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to keep sharing uh, nuggets of wisdom from a mother, a grandmother, a facilitator, a ceremony holder but also a very beautiful and divine human being. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure um, people watching this, they're like, okay, I want to learn more. 
maybe I'm ready for that Shambhala wire training, the <laughs> shamanic year-long um, um, course. So I'm going to post all the social media links and on the description, either on Spotify or on YouTube, but um, you can go also to the Mudra collection for your clothing. She has a, a YouTube and Instagram, Facebook, um, and I'll, I'll make sure that everybody can reach you. And Thank you. Yeah. Thank it's, you. It's been, it's been a blessing. Uh, definitely when I met you, I saw the altar you set up. Uh, I was like, yeah, I'm in the right place. And, and yeah, I can't um, keep uh, waiting to, to, to learn more. Thank you. Singing songs together. Yes. And I know it's it's late where you are. Yeah. So I, I'll let you do also that other aspect of life. Mother, <laughs> family member, nourish yourself. Um, and yeah, uh, is there any other words you want to share before we conclude the, the ceremony? Just a session? huge thank you. I just really want to honor your awakeness and what an absolute pleasure it has been to talk to you and feel you. And I deeply respect you. You know, like we could have maybe not been talking the same language but we do and I see you brother and I really thank you for your work and anything I can do to uh, support in any way let me know and I pray that we get to sit in circle together one time again I'd love to come to Mexico actually I was going to run a retreat in Mexico in 2020 so I will let you know when I do because I'm still wanting to do that maybe in 2022 Please let us know. Everybody seems that is migrating. Lots of people from the UK, from Europe. Yes, they Mexico are. And Costa Rica and Guatemala because here many, I have actually some indigenous friends from Brazil are, are just now touring around. The Kofan are here because oh, it seems to be a very good canvas for healing and remembrance and whatnot. Okay. So we'll be waiting for you. And, uh, I look forward to that. Rainbow. And yeah, blessings. And um, okay. yeah, uh, lovely to connect. Yeah. Thank um, you. Take care. Bye-bye.